Okay, I'm going to move into a different mode now to address some of the questions you've posted on Dharma Tracks. And to say first of all that um, this is Dharma Stream and this has been set up uh, by a disciple, a supporter in Singapore, so everybody can use this Zoom room and we're grateful and acknowledge that. I didn't set this up, it's not mine, I, I, I'm happy to contribute to it. Similarly with Dharma Tracks, I didn't set that up, um, it's not mine, it's um, another uh, supporter disciple asked if this was possible, would like to do it so that for other people's welfare and set it up and with my permission check things out and makes an effort to make that happen often with other, a few other people's support it's not run by an institution it's not run by the monastery I don't have don't even really have that much direct access to it I can't even really answer your questions on that on that form that you can see on Dharma Tracks I read them and from time to time I'd like to scoop up a few of these questions and respond to them. I'm not in a position to be able to offer one-to-one -one, um, teachings uh, to... there are many of you and there are not that many hours in a day. Um, so this is what I can do through these, through these forms that have been set up. And what you see in front of you, this is not mine either. This is something created by a man and a woman who have both passed away now, who lived in England. They created this thing. That's not really mine. It's been supported primarily by alms food for the last 46 years. So it's a, it's a group effort that keeps this thing going. Uh, so I can use it. And in fact, um, have used it. It's bearing, bearing some of the marks of ageing and general things that one does in one's life. Uh, much of this mind is not mine either. That's also a, a corporate territory. Fortunately, the Buddha Dhamma has occupied a considerable amount of it. So that's what I'll try to be teaching from or presenting from. This example really of um, really understanding what we take as a self or an entity is, is not an entity or a self at all. Everything Everything arises through factors coming together, separate factors unifying, coming together, cooperating, co-mingling, co-arising. But within this experience, generally the thinking mind experiences myself, fixed thing, others, self-other. It cuts things up into discrete objects. This is what's fundamental activity. This is me, that's that, I'm here, that's there, this is now, I will be in the future. It does this. It's a discriminating system that operates um, in accordance with where discrimination is necessary. Um, this is my shoe, this is my house and so forth. But it also operates where it's not really necessary. In fact, it's pretty harmful. And in this sense, it creates an identity called me who sits somewhere and I can never really find it but it continually bothers my heart it splits off and it talks to me talks to my heart a lot and it says you are this you are not this you could be this and you should be that and 
creates a separate object other than what you're actually experiencing and it also tries to resolve itself by generally by some kind of act of editing or correcting or even punishing none of which do much good because it's a fiction based upon that initial presentation i'm going to look at a few questions really coming from that some of that paradigm of the separate self and self and other and to what extent this measurement self and other is useful and to what extent it's it's um, useless and in fact destructive so the first question how to work with jealousy and others good fortune especially when they praise themselves when I bring to mind the image of a friend who is happy with aspects of their life, I suggest that behind some superficial rejoicing in them, I feel a sense of jealousy. It is a sense of lack in my life. And that's in the way. When I look at this feeling of lack, it feels quite vague and unformed, more like a habit from childhood. Is there a skillful way of working with it? Well, I think you've got it pretty much right there you know this uh, sense of others this is a sense of others when it's coming from unskillful place based on unskillful mindset I am different from others as the baseline that becomes the fundamental uh, foundation I am different she is different now we can say to an external extent that's true, but it's not the most basic fundamental quality. If we look at very fundamentally, we go into what we experience ourselves as being most fundamentally, and we keep going through physical shape, yeah, 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 da, 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 and you come into a sense of presence and being affected, being sensitive. It's presence, awareness, and being affected by experience. That's what your chitta is. And that doesn't really do uh, an identity. It doesn't really do self and others. It does feeling. Feeling disappointed. Feeling gladdened. Uh, aroused. Friction. Conflict. Discord. It does that. It has these resonances move through it. And... This is on account of these resonances or distortions occur because of something else, a fundamental sense of something's missing in here. Something's not quite complete in here. This sense, missing, lack, not enough, not good enough, need more, something wrong. This is called ignorance. It's a sense of something's not quite here. Yeah, something we haven't got. Now, awija, something we don't sense. There's something here that's not enough, right? That's an absence, right? There's an absence in the core of my heart. There's an absence in my life that I'm trying to fill up that absence. So when that absence occurs, that sense of not enough, I throw some food in it. That doesn't quite do it. I maybe get a motorbike, throw a motorbike in it. That doesn't do it. 
I take it out dancing. That doesn't really do it. It kind of it takes me away from that sense of absence, but it doesn't really fill it. I keep throwing all these things in it and it doesn't quite fill it up. We put people in there to fill me up. <laughs> it still doesn't do it. Yeah. This hole never seems to get full up. Well, the problem is it's not a hole. That's why you can't fill it. <laughs> it's a block. It's not a hole. It's a block. It's a block, a lump of something called not knowing, not sensing. And what is not sensed is the true domain and the stability and the beauty of heart. So because of this not knowing or not sensing, not feeling, this sense of not enough, not enough happens. So that becomes a kind of a baseline or a fundamental position on a very basic level. And everybody has this kind of thing happening for them. Yeah. And then so is that not enough, not enough? And it's as that like a kind of an underground turbulence, an underground dis-ease. And as our discriminating mind, which is tuned to that's that, that's this, that's here, that's there, this is black, this is white, that's her, that's me, feels this sense of not enough. Because, oh, oh, that, if I had that, if I had that, I don't have that, I'm not this. So it starts to transmit that sense of inadequacy or incompleteness to what it sees around it. Oh, if I had one of those, I'd be, not, I'd be happy. Oh, why can't I have that one? Some, why can't I get that one? And of, of course, the most... <laughs> so this, you, know, you can see, it's a very sense desire occurs. But even more profoundly than sense desire, we are fundamentally um, social creatures. You know, we came, we grew up, we originated in somebody else's body. We were framed and born mother, father. Uh, we were brought up in schools, families, education. We went to workplaces, shared towns, cities, villages. We are saturated in the sense of belonging to other people. Now, when that sense of lack arises as a thing, then it's always comparing. I'm this, I'm the, I'm the not enough. So she's got it better. I'm not enough. She's got, I've got this sense of not enough. From that sense of not enough, I look around and think, he's got more than I have. More people like her than me. I don't get what she does. You know, she's having happiness, I'm not. So that sense of lack looks around and it sees things to confirm it. Now, clearly, you could look at these bodies and say, well, this her body is smaller or taller, or the shape, I like that shape better than I like this shape. Or, you know, he has a lot of wealth, I don't have a lot of wealth, yeah? What's happening is that that mind is focusing on the qualities that will support the sense of lack. Yeah, and this is very, I mean, then we get craving, I want to have, I want to, why can't I get, why can't I get? And then one of the negative forms is jealousy. How come she gets so much and I don't? How come he had such a good time and I didn't? You know, jealousy occurs. 
and we think, oh dear, I shouldn't be jealous. Because then that discrimination turns back and or we see ourselves as an object. A discriminating, make, discriminating mind creates myself as an object that I think about. And Well, myself is not good enough. Well, what's happening is the sense of lack is now turning its attention to the image of self that it creates. Get that? It creates a sense of a separate self when in fact we can't really find a separate self. It creates one. That's its first action. And then the sense of ignorance or lack looks at that sense of self and says, that's not enough. Because nothing's enough. When you're in the place of ignorance, nothing is good enough. <laughs> Apart from what you don't have. That's why ignorance supports craving. Right? Avijja tanha. Ignorance supports craving. So nothing is ever good enough apart from that which I want. Hmm? So when I come to looking at this idea of myself, which is produced through ignorance, this is not good enough either. Then we say, well, if I was wiser, brighter, stronger, more vigorous, more fluent, da, 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 then I would be good. Right? But you're not. So then you get the negativity starts occurring. And the criticism starts occurring. Because we're in the grip of ignorance and craving and it's all being broadcast by the discriminating mind that sees things as separate. Now, discriminating mind, do you get that? This discriminating mind that sees things as separate is a function that we have. It's a useful function in many ways. It can, you know, it, it gives us orientation on a sensory level. It is also highly developed in human beings because now we can also imagine things like the future. And we can organise that, even though it doesn't exist. We can remember things in the past, even though it's past, and we can organise that. We could stack up our memories that prove this or that. I'm like this because of this, that, and the other. All actions are discriminating mind. Many of those actions are based upon the sense of lack. So in the future, I will be if I get this and that and the other. If I organise this and that, I will have a nice, clear, steady, smooth journey. Until the airplane is cancelled or the train crashes or the yada yada 101 things happen that don't work out according to the plans and yet we still keep the acting that way and throws it out so instead with meditation it looked just woo now when you try to meditate from the discriminating mind you're in difficulty because it isn't really meditation it's thinking. That's why you establish refuges and precepts first so you really enter the domain of heart because the domain of heart, its function is embracing rather than discriminating. Yeah? 
it feels. And when you feel something, you're immediately at that moment, if I'm touched by a touch, at that moment I'm not separate from it because it's touching me, right? If I am moved with joy or even anger, then at that moment I'm not separate from that which made me that way. It, it kind of embraces the feeling. Yeah. So it's a different organ altogether. Now, now of course, this heart quality can also be very negatively affected. And so we say, let's just get the heart in the right place because it's often got distortions. It's under the power of ignorance. It gets affected. It gets confused and frightened. It gets bonded to these effects. So let's put it in a place where it's really bonding to and taking as its baseline good heart the baseline yeah now remember it isn't something you exactly create but you stimulate it you drop in perceptions that remind you of that quality of value of value you take a stand on honesty generosity kindness and you feel them and you feel them and you breathe them and you chant them so they become much more than just notions and principles they become felt energies and from that, when that's strong all this ignorance stuff it just you know all the objects that have been created of ignorance start to just dissolve or disappear or become abated so you can look at them with insight saying oh that's where the problem is that's where it is so now you've got a vantage point on that and so we see another person we don't think she's better than me you start to think oh she's just like me she also has the body feelings heart she also has sorrow and joy she also gets happy she probably gets unhappy hmm? She probably also feels she's better than somebody and worse than somebody else. She probably also has the same disease as I have, which is feeling a sense of lack, and she's trying to fill it up. So there she is, dressing up, looking good, chatting and laughing, smiling and joking, trying to put on something to make herself feel good, because at the bottom of it, she has the same sense of lack as I have <laughs> and all this stuff is just helping to compensate for that then you have a feeling of compassion it really helps it's a very powerful value compassion mm. there's no judgment in it No. and all the confusions and the happiness and the playfulness and whatever it is that we see in others in just like me yeah I know that too and there's some sense of you step back other people show you that what you take as yourself is not 
It's just the same material. And you look at it with a sense of, hmm, don't identify with this. Don't get intense about this. Don't get possessive about this. Don't get disgusted by this. It's just stuff. And essentially, these give us a sense of what comes from the heart, samasankapa, right motivation, right resolve, right intent, you might say, the intent of sustaining harmlessness, non-brutality, this intent of sustaining non-callousness, empathy, intent to not hoard and covet, but to do the opposite, to relinquish and let go. Then the heart is beginning to express its strength, express its strength. This is the foundation from which we cultivate right effort to make that resolve realized. There's just another question, which is, I think it's probably much the same, just to mention it. Uh, uh, living through old age sickness and death is really highlighting my dread of being a naughty girl, being demanding, unreasonable, unattractive, not putting others first, all the things we have to train ourselves in to fit in with others, especially family. Yeah, well, there it is self and others in an unskillful way to fit in with family to fit in with workplace to fit in with colleagues to fit in with the social standards of what a good person is supposed to be and it's all discriminated stuff from a heart that hasn't found its own strength its own values of course we get indoctrinated into this this sense of the separate self. Social creatures. It's a human problem. I mean, the other creatures, they say elephants and many other animals are very social creatures. They have anger, they have fear, they have joy. They look after their young. They fight. One thing they don't do, there's no sign of them ever doing, is hating themselves because their, their sense of social bond is fundamentally empathic. We're together. We don't compete. We're looking after each other. That's, that's the bond. And wherever you are in that relationship, you're, you know, you're supported and encouraged and, you know, but rather than something that's aversive. This is something to cultivate towards yourself your flaws, your blemishes, the things you find disagreeable. You've really got to come from the heart with that. You can't start sorting other people out. They are, <laughs> they're beyond your reach. However, someone also asking a question to use the grief after loss of a loved one. This person lost the husband to a terminal illness which affected the health for the last four years of his life. They were practicing Dhamma together for the last 15 years of our 25 year married life. The person's questioner tried her best to help the husband. 
and right until his deathbed. This brings me joy. Helping him helped me as well as he had a very steady mind, even when his brain had dementia. Even now I try to bring his way of thinking to my life when thing goes towards making more suffering. This is using self and other in a skillful way, right? To bring around what this person is talking about, compassion, empathy, sharing, rather than, you know, loss. You know, so again, that sense of bereavement, loss. Um, we are social creatures. So there's what we might call an emotional body. We also have a flesh body, an energy body. We also have an emotional body. An emotional body has its own kind of food and its own processes. And when it receives a shock, just like you've eaten something distasteful, it has to expel it. Grief is one way of expelling a sense of that ripping sense of bereavement. It's, it's the emotional body is regaining its health. Um, it's like, you know, the sense of discord that arises when you've been bonded to someone, the discord that arises, separation. It's emotionally healthy to feel some, some sort of grief. Mm as long as that pertains, the sense of self and other pertains. Now, you might say the, the Arahant doesn't really have a sense of self and other, um, so there's nothing really gained or lost, of just conditions and forms arising and passing. I expect most of us are not really at that stage yet. So we're still working with, okay, there's, I, you know, even I get the sense, even, you know, I have so many friends all over the world and I've been locked down. I don't say grief, but a feeling of, oh, I miss seeing so-and-so. It was nice when I was there. wonder how is he's getting on. wonder how she's doing. Well, you know, that sense of, oh, people you kind of like to, you like your concern for. And so there's a sense of just wishing them well and may they be well and may I be well and just trying to bring forth this quality, this heart quality of kindness and compassion. And that's when we use the sense of self skillfully, the sense of separation skillfully to bring around a quality that unifies us, which is the Brahma Vihara. And ageing, sickness and death are great places to trigger and bring around those beautiful fruitions. Gratitude. And then the loved one stays with you. The body disappears, but the loved one stays with you. And you commemorate them, and you reflect upon them, and you express gratitude. And you also ask forgiveness for things that have gone wrong. Then you make use of, skillful use of the sense of self and other. Okay, a few more questions. A couple of questions around someone experiences a loss of sense of direction, has no mood or zest for living. This is a symptom of depression. Although I'm trying to cultivate calming, the sense of insecurity really overwhelms me. The sense of loss of direction, feeling overwhelmed. Um, depressed. 
and so on. Um, mm -hmm. So you're certainly not alone, I assure you. Another person experiences the daily suffering, thoughts, angry thoughts, distasteful ego, at least self-admonishment, and so forth. <clears throat> How to, and it's, it's so compulsive, so compelling to linger in these negative, afflictive states. Well, sense of direction, pick up that one. Direction has to be to get centred. And, you know, you can't get centred in phenomena that arise and pass. Um, even though they maybe don't pass quick enough. <laughs> but phenomena that arise, insecurity, anxiety, depression, self-aversion. And so that when your attention goes to those forms, if your attention lingers on those forms, if your mind lingers on those forms of anxiety, depression, insecurity, uh, self-criticism, an intensity, an emotional intensity accumulates. What your attention lingers on, an emotional intensity occurs around that. It really grips you and you get buried in it. So the, the attention generates a kind of an emotional intensity around these phenomena and then it becomes you. The sense of you is really an emotional intensity. When you say something's mine, you have a certain emotional intensity around that possession, person, phenomenon, condition, state. You know, this is mine. There's an intensity there. <sighs> we really want to get centered, getting a little more emotional intensity around qualities such as meaning, value, virtue, generosity, honesty, yeah, faith. And this turning towards the heart is the turning of faith. It doesn't mean a belief. It means turn away from things that are temporal, circumstantial, discordant, turn towards where there's a possibility for beauty, strength and it's, it's not going to come with a discriminating mind you have to use like what i've been mentioning use certainly use a thought to touch the heart what really matters now centered now not direction in the future but direction now is to get to the center of your life yeah and if you find in the center of your life you just feel really bad you haven't gone deep enough if you feel really bad, flawed, imperfect, what's really important here is kindness. You set the baseline on positive qualities, not on negative qualities, not on the sense of self, but on the values of the good heart. And then you can review these distressing phenomena in true light and the beauty of turning on the light of the heart is rather like when you turn on the light the shadows disappear by themselves you don't have to fight with them the shadows disappear what am i talking about who's that 
It's just shadows playing. Very powerful, I agree. Very disturbing, very gripping. But these are shadows. Turn on the light. Find out where the light switch is. <laughs> know that you have one. That's the turning that we want to bring around for our Dhamma practice. Okay, 